0: Listeners out there, this is KGNU's Morning Magazine for Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Jackie Sedley. Coming up on today's program, a recap of last night's mayoral and council candidates' art forum here in Boulder. Then, herbalist Brigitte Mars and her regular Wednesday feature, Naturally. Chris Moore is currently travelling, and you won't hear from him today, but have no fear, Make Them Hear You will be back next week. A BBC News update at the bottom of the hour. Coming up on today's A Public Affair, a personal reflection on childhood trauma and the power of friendship from Aaron Stark. At 9.30, it's the Morning Sound alternative. That's all still coming up, but first, a look at the headlines with KGNU's Yvonne Olivas.
1: A hearing will be held today to decide if the 24-year-old man accused of killing 10 people at the Boulder King Supers is mentally competent to stand trial. Mental health experts declared Ahmad Al-Aliwi Alisa mentally competent in August, but his attorney challenged the evaluation, saying his schizophrenia caused him to be, quote, profoundly mentally ill. Alyssa's mental state has put the trial on pause for two years. Boulder County Public Health, or BCPH, have issued a warning that powdered fentanyl is circulating in illicit drug markets around Boulder. Boulder PD found what they say are the first traces of powder fentanyl on September 16th after responding to a suspected overdose death. BCHP says powder fentanyl is spreading across the county, and warns residents to be extra cautious by carrying Narcan and avoiding pills purchased from non-pharmacies. Fentanyl is a powerful opioid that is 100 times more potent than morphine, according to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. Boulder County has launched a new online platform that warns residents of wildfires. Boulder residents can monitor fire updates and evacuation notices for their neighborhood online or via a Genesis Protect app. The platform alerts residents of fire incidents similar to an Amber Alert. Director of Boulder County's Office of Disaster Management, Mike Chard, says Genesis Protect will speed up the evacuation process since most fires that occur in the county are caused by wind and don't allow for more than a couple hours to get people to safety. Boulder County began using Genesis, previously known as Zone Haven, after the Marshall fire. Colorado election officials are leading at staggering rates. KG News' Zach Thompson has the details.
2: Since 2020, over a third of Colorado election officials have left their positions. That's according to a report released Tuesday by Issue 1, a bipartisan reform group based in Washington, D.C. The group studied election worker turnover in 11 western states. They found that 40% of Colorado counties are going into this year's election without the election workers that served in 2020. The report attributes the widespread turnover to election denialism that has spurred conspiracy theories and made county clerks targets for on- and offline harassment. According to the Denver Post, while other states have had higher levels of turnover, the knowledge lost in Colorado amounts to 314 years Of institutional training and election expertise. For KGNU I'm Zach Thompson.
1: Owner of Independent Institute John Caldera threw human feces on the steps of the Denver City and Council building on Monday after finding the feces outside of his business. He told CBS Colorado that he was tired of unhoused people using his property as a restroom. Galdera voiced his disdain with Governor Mike Johnston's approach to homelessness, saying jail time is the answer. The incident happened subsequent to the homeless encampment sweep at 8th Avenue and Logan Street. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg paid a visit to the Denver International Airport Tuesday after the facility announced their addition of a runway intended to be safer than the traditional runways. Taxiway EE is 5,000 feet long and has enhanced LED lights to aid pilots in navigation. It eliminates a hotspot intersection, reducing the risk of aircraft collisions. The project was funded by the Federal Aviation Administration and amounted to $51 million. The city of Boulder is asking residents for their preferences regarding street light color temperature. Via a QR code, residents can choose how cool or how warm they'd like the streetlights to be. This is the first step in the city's streetlight acquisition project, intended to officially begin in 2024. Boulder's streetlights will be converted into LEDs in attempts to reduce carbon emissions and increase visibility for travelers. QR codes will be available in person at the Spruce Pool or south of the 28th Street and Iris intersection. The questionnaire will also be available online on Be Heard Boulder in both English and Spanish. For KGNU, I'm Yvonne Olivas.
0: You're listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm Jackie Sedley. So last night, the Boulder County Arts Alliance and Create Boulder teamed up to co-present a mayoral and council candidates forum focused on arts and culture at the Dairy Arts Center. The organizations put the event together in large part to highlight what the event's description listed as two significant opportunities to vote in support of the arts in the November 2023 city elections. Those are to extend an existing 0.15% sales tax that would dedicate 50% of funding to arts, culture, and heritage and elect a majority on the council that support the arts. Shay Castle is the founder of Boulder Beat, a local news outlet. She attended the forum last night and is here with us in the studio today to tell us what happened. Hello, Shay. Hello, and good morning. Good morning. So I briefly described it at the top, but can you give a a bit of a more concise description of what this City of Boulder ballot issue 2A is all about? More concise, I'm not sure, but (laughs) more
3: complete for sure. Um, So this is a sales tax extension. It's a tax we're already paying. So it's not a tax increase. Um, And the city was going to extend it anyway, because it is a general fund uh, tax. And the general fund pays for basically the city's most essential functions, police, fire, all the administration. Um, And this sales tax measure came about because the arts community was looking to take the entire sales tax for themselves. So the 50-50 split is a compromise between the petition that they successfully advanced, which would have taken all of that sales tax revenue for arts, and the city's desire to keep all the sales tax revenue in the general fund.
0: Okay. So would this increase taxes over the current levels? Or is that not really how it works? It would not. This is an extension. So it's a sales tax
3: we're already paying. We've been paying for many years. So it will not increase taxes.
0: And how would the city determine how those funds are spent? What oversight would there be? So the general fund money will continue to be spent in the
3: same way that it's been spent for years with the city staff doing the budget and the city council approving it the arts funding according to arts staff would also go to the same things it's been funding which is you know the arts do a lot of grants for individual artists they do grants for organization they do grants for operational funding Um, so not much would change about how that money is being
0: spent it would just be more money to arts Got it. Okay. So thinking about the perspectives that were in the room last night, let's start with the mayoral candidates. There are four in the running, Aaron Brockett, Nicole Spear, Bob Yates, and Paul Tweedley. Uh, At one point, each candidate was asked what leadership they would give to the sector of arts and culture, assuming that the ballot measure 2A was passed and that they were elected mayor. Um, I want to play their responses rather than just summarize them, and then we can touch on them. So we're going to start with
4: Aaron Brockett. So, y'all, I can't tell you how excited I am about this ballot initiative, 2A. I'm so grateful to the organizers who made this happen. Raise your hand if you helped gather signatures for the 2A ballot measure. Thank you for your work, right? A hand for the And what this means, if it passes, and it will pass if we all work together and get the word out, is transformative increase in arts funding for Boulder. You know, we've increased city support gradually over the last eight years. It's not enough. This will make a huge difference. And I would lead in terms of providing the desperately needed general operating support for arts organizations in town. This would give enough money to provide substantial funding to essentially all of them, as well as project-based grants, and also reserving some money for some transformative projects, right? Over time, we can kind of build up an account that allows us to do things like what happened here at the dairy, which has been an extraordinary accomplishment and a miracle for our cultural community here. So we need to keep an eye out for future opportunities like that. Things are going to be really amazing for the arts here in Boulder after two A passes. So vote for and get the word out. Thanks.
0: Now on to Nicole Spear. I had asked us to at least make sure that we were getting a little bit of feedback from
3: some of the social justice-focused arts organizations like Modus Theater and the NAACP before we voted to put this measure on the ballot. But the little feedback that we received was really pretty mixed. Not every group was completely comfortable with this ballot measure because the tax these funds will come from has historically funded human services programs like rental and food assistance. If this measure passes, we'll need to do a more thorough engagement with arts and culture organizations and with our human services community just to make sure that our arts and culture programs are benefiting the marginalized communities that this tax has traditionally supported. Thank you.
0: Here's Bob Yates, who responded in the form of a
5: poem. Sworn to council in November 2015, I voted for arts that very same day. Over the last eight years, I have never said nay to increasing funding for arts, I found a way. We started small, only about 200k, but over the years grew funding day by day. Until this year, 1.8 million I'd say, but still not enough. So we found a new way. On the ballot we go with measure 2A. Half for the arts and half just to stay in the general fund for that rainy day. A really good split, I got to say. After it passes that measure 2A, I'll lead the parade on that happy day for arts culture heritage we all get to play but that's not the end I'll hasten to say a floor not a cap we'll find a way to keep funding arts above measure 2A
0: and last but not least Paul Tweedley
6: cuz you know there's a lot of money involved here what is it like 3 can you hear me 3 million 3 million yeah, that's a lot of money and you wife, know, what if it doesn't get passed? Have you thought about that? I would say... hate on. Excuse me. <laughs> Arts is just a business, like anything else. It's providing or offering services and products that people want to buy. So I would say, you've got to think about, like, you know, if this part, you know... And I'm, I'll vote for it, I'll vote for it, but maybe you know, it's tough times and maybe it won't pass. And there's three million shortfall in your budget. So what do you do? You have to get bums on seats. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. But here's what I would do. Right, so I'm a director here at the Dairy, you know, at the theatre. And it's like, am I going to put on a, oh, one of these uh, kitchen sink dramas? No. Because what, guys are not gonna come and see a catch and sing drama guys during football season? Come on, get real. Put on a you know, something like a habit a romantic comedy. It's all about bums on seats, thank like you.
0: All right, Shay. So those responses, like I said, were based on the assumption that 2A would pass. But do we know which of these four candidates actually endorse the ballot measure and which oppose it? So Bob Yates
3: and Aaron Brockett both endorse 2A unequivocally. Nicole Spear is opposed to the passage of 2A. Paul Tweedley, in an interview and um, questionnaire, told me that he opposed 2A. Um, In fact, he opposes all new taxes except for transportation. Um, But then last night at the event, the organizers had all of the candidates stand on the stage according to whether they opposed or supported. And Paul Tweedley stood on the support side, and he said he would vote for it. So I'm not entirely sure where he stands.
0: Huh. Okay. So you said that everybody stood on one side or the other. Did that also include the city council candidates? That did. So everyone on stage was asked to stand
3: um, to split themselves into support or opposition. And there were only three people who opposed 2A Nicole Spear, as previously mentioned, Taisha Adams, and Um, Silas Atkins, who previously told me he supported it, another candidate, Jacques DiCallo, said he opposed it but stood with the support. So there's some confusion there. But um, the big takeaway was obviously majority support for this
0: measure. Right. And those other 10 people on stage, those city council candidates, we obviously don't have time to play bites of all of their responses. But as you said, there were two of them that were standing on the opposition side on stage last night, Correct. Correct. Is there a general nature to the opposition that you've heard? Absolutely. I would say that the opposition is really one of
3: a matter of budgeting. As I mentioned earlier, this revenue is going to come out of the general fund. This sales tax already exists. It already pays for general fund activities, which, as a reminder, are the basic essential functions of city government. Without the general fund, um, there's, there's so much that wouldn't get funded, and it's already kind of overtaxed. Um so about sixty eight percent of Boulder's budget is is what call is what is called dedicated funds, which is when money can only be spent on specific things. It's things like open space. Whenever the voters pass an open space tax, that can only fund open space. Open space is one of the few city programs that is 100% funded by dedicated funds. Mm. But things like police and like fire and like the HR department and things like that, they don't have dedicated funds. So they all rely on the general fund. The general fund is the city's largest and only source of discretionary money that can be spent on whatever it needs to be. And so opponents of 2A point out that um, restricted funds are something that really limit the ability, the city's ability to be flexible particularly in times of economic crisis. And Boulder's actually trying to move away from dedicated funding. So to do a very large and very long dedicated tax in the middle of them trying to move away from dedicated funding is a bit of uh, of an abrupt change. But I think you see this a lot with, with special interests, and I hate to call arts that, but that's what they are. Um, politicians have a really hard time saying no they believe that, okay, we need to move away from dedicated funds until their constituents come and say, well, what about arts or what about open space? And then they go ahead and approve um, restricting funds, which is how we got to where we
0: are today. Why do you think that they have a hard time doing that?
3: I think it's difficult. I think what we saw last night, um, obviously a little bit of pandering, but everyone got up, every candidate got up and said how they were involved in the arts. You know, I'm in a singing group or I teach piano lessons and the arts touch all of our lives and we, and so everyone does care about them um also i think it's from a more you know shrewd political sense one of the organizers is a former city councilwoman um jan burton these folks are you know not all of them and i'm not saying artists are but the organizers in the political realm are they are powerful they are they tend to be wealthy they wield a lot of power and not to discount the organizing and and grassroots that we saw, the arts folks did get a successful petition on the ballot. So they had the votes to to get that and possibly take all of this revenue for themselves. So there's just a lot of support for the arts and it's hard to tell people no.
0: Right. I did want to touch on the topic of equity since that was a pretty consistent theme throughout the forum. What kinds of questions or sentiments were coming up around equity in arts and culture last night? I would say it
3: didn't come up very much last night because so many people support this measure. Um, We did get a beautiful, wonderful speech from candidate Taisha Adams, who opposes uh, 2A. And at the very end, she said, you know, we cannot keep funding arts on the back of poor people. That's one of the equity concerns. Considerations we're talking about here. This is a sales tax. Sales tax are considered regressive because people of lower incomes pay a higher proportion of their income to sales tax. It's on food, it's on diapers, it's on stuff you have to buy to live. And so that hits poorer people harder. Um, There are some other equity considerations here. You know, artists themselves don't necessarily make a ton of money. uh, And Boulder's Arts Programs does a, a really good job of trying to fund, you know, equitably. Um, but also, if you looked at the crowd last night, majority white, majority older. I can't make any assumptions about income, but um, that comes into play when people, people talk about what this money will go
0: to as well. Right. And obviously, your focus is on Boulder through Boulder Beat. So I don't expect you to be able to draw comparisons between the city's relationship with the arts and all other municipalities in the area. But is there anything you can point to in other parts of the county or the state that help? highlight the kind of relationship Boulder has with arts and culture right now before anything is passed.
3: Proponents of this measure like to point out that Boulder funds the arts um, not very well. So arts funding has increased about tenfold since 2015 from around $200,000 a year to $2 million a year this year, which was the goal of the 2015 cultural plan. Um, However, that's still less than 1% of the city budget the organizers of the event last night brought up arvada which has a performing arts center and about 40 percent of its operating budget comes guaranteed from the city every year boulder doesn't do any guaranteed funding to any organizations we were at the dairy arts center and they shared that three percent of their operating budget comes from a grant that they have to compete for every year it's not guaranteed so when you compare us to you know arvada that looks um, not very great. And we are very wealthy cities who does love art. So to fund them at such a low level really um, rubs people the wrong way. Um, in fairness, I will point out that Arvada does not have 60,000 acres of open space to <laughs> maintain and care for. I think people tend to forget that we're a city with very expensive values. We have a, essentially a national park at it- attached to our budget. Um, So we are paying for a lot more services and things than Arvada is. However, as proponents for the arts would say, that means that they get left out. And without a dedicated funding source, they never know what their their revenue is going to be from year to year.
4: Mm.
0: Shea Castle with Boulder Beat, thank you so much for coming on in today. And I'm sure we'll see you more in the studio throughout the elections. Absolutely. Anytime you need me. And I also want to thank Alexis Kenyon for the audio that we played during that conversation. She also went to the forum last night. It's time now for Naturally with herbalist Brigitte
7: Mars. Good morning. Welcome to Naturally. This is Brigitte Mars. If you go to any of the plant stores, you'll see that there's not such a wide variety of plants out there. However, one that is still available are violets or pansies. So pansies, also known as viola tricolor or three-colored violet, are the cultivated version of violets and I sing the praises of violets in the spring but if you're looking for something to add some grace and beauty to maybe a pot on your patio or right outside your door pansies are a really great choice you might even notice that many outdoor landscapers include violets in their decor because they can survive the winter and the flowers are edible That is amazing. So we've got beautiful edible flowers. Now that does not include African violet. That's a different species, but pansies have edible leaves and flowers and they thrive well in the shade and their colors come in so many different varieties. Of course, my favorite color is purple, but they come in reds and oranges and yellows. It's really amazing. And The flowers and the leaves are really high in vitamin C, and the flowers and leaves have both been used in the culinary arts. You maybe have seen candied violets. Do you know at one time there were violet lifesavers, and they were the leading lifesaver that was sold because they were breath-freshening and oh so elegant. So you can grow them in a pot, And then I love to pick them and put them in salad or use them to decorate a cake. We know that they're high in vitamin C and the leaves and flowers, as long as they're organic, have been esteemed as a remedy for coughs, for fevers, bronchitis, and of course the wild violets. They have a divine smell. So if you have those in your yard, I think they make a great ground cover. Why grow grass when you could have violets that would provide food, and medicine all year long. So edible leaves, edible flowers, medicinal, you can make tea out of them. And if you have purple violets or even purple pansies and you put them in white vinegar, it will make the vinegar purple. That is amazing. Uh, Then you need to strain it before it gets kind of a grayish color. But Violets and pansies are also said to be a remedy for heartbreak. Sometimes they call pansies heart's ease for a reason. They help to comfort a broken heart. I hope you don't have a broken heart, but, you know, we've all been there. Just keep in mind that nature does provide a remedy. Thanks for joining me, Brigitte Mars, on Naturally.